Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is EJ Musa, and this is another episode of The Naked Truth. And this is August 8th, 2018, and I am very happy to have with me today in a few minutes here Council Member Stephanie Andres as we discuss things that are going on in and around Johns Creek. I am looking forward to having a conversation with her, and we have some very important things to discuss, including the millage rate that was selected by Fulton County and um, other communities uh, and how it's impacting us because there were some things that went on with the Fulton County process, the millage rate hearing that has left a lot of us quite bothered. So um, other than that, we have some other things going on. We have the millage rate hearing for Johns Creek was is set for next week where the city council will decide on the final millage rate for us. They have already advertised that they are going to be going with the rollback rate, and I hope that um, we are able to uh, go much lower than the rollback rate, and I think I have Council Member Stephanie Andres on the line with us now. Yes. Is that you? Hi, Stephanie. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Ernest. Well, thank you you for being with us once again. I was, uh, we're doing quite well. We were... I was just discussing a little bit about the Fulton County Commission's uh, process of the military selection and how a lot of folks are unhappy here in uh, Johns Creek about the way that transpired. But we are able to talk about anything and everything you would like to talk about today. So where would you like to start? Um, hmm. Well, I just saw, I'm really pleased to see how Commissioner Ellis is really tackling this issue. He just, um, I just saw a letter that he wrote um, caught it through Facebook, where he was holding the rest of the commission council, holding um, Chairman Rob Pitts to um, having another vote to revoke that vote because it was going against what they had communicated, what their public hearings were about. Um, and I think that's the way to do it. It looks good to see a strong um, leader standing up to hold the rest of the commission accountable to what they voted on, because this this happens all too often where. Um, you know, elected officials come to a decision are presented with something else and and there just seems to be a forgetfulness of what was committed to and then the new the new presentation moves forward typically like in the case of the millage rate it's going to cost the taxpayers of all of Fulton County not just North Fulton County but all of Fulton County a tremendous amount more than what they publicized a tremendous amount more than the county needs and as true to form, the taxpayers are the ones left holding the bag. And what do you do? How do you hold people accountable? So when the elected officials are standing, although Commissioner Ellis's voice is a single vote, it's a single voice, a single vote, but at least um, he's standing strong on his principles to stand up what's, for what's right. Um, and I think that that should be commended because it's very hard for politicians when they're standing alone to or representatives when they're standing alone to stand their ground and to say no this is wrong and we should take well, note for those of this. folks who don't don't 
who don't realize that the Fulton County Commissioners, after all the public hearings were closed, decided to go with a millage rate that was $20 million more out of the pockets of Fulton County taxpayers than they had suggested to us they were going to do through, I believe, a resolution and uh, through all the other public comments. So they took $20 million more after the public was silenced and could not offer any feedback, which to me is disturbing just by itself. Yes. Yes. I agree. It's so I, I personally have, yes, and I personally, I've, I've written to uh, Commissioner Lynn Riley because I feel that based upon the Taxpayer Bill of Rights as listed at the Department of Revenue's uh, webpage, that what has transpired there is effectively illegal because they are supposed to tell us their intent going into this meeting and the intent of the commission was not clear to the residents of Fulton County and now we have no recourse. And if I read the Taxpayer Bill of Rights correctly, Commissioner Riley has the potential to reject that um, from going forward and from Fulton County being able to collect uh, tax dollars on the digest as it now stands if she chose to. And I do hope that she is uh, listening to us and realizes that Fulton County needs to pay a price for doing something in such an underhanded way to the residents. So uh, we're not going to have that happen next week in Johns Creek, are we? I hope not. <laughs> I mean, we're committed yeah. to the 3.87. That's what was advertised. And so um, so at a minimum, uh, the rate isn't going to go any higher than what was publicized. Now, the hard part about the discussion is you know, what's the digest going to look like? So right now, as far as I know, Fulton County last Friday filed paperwork for a hearing for a to temporary collection order. Um, and not that I'm in the know, but as of today, I'm not aware that a court date has actually been set. So here you have the digest that, um, in essence, the people spoke. You know, you had over 11% of the population stand up and say, or the property owners, say, no, enough is enough. And, and to me, that's a huge number, considering the numbers that we look at for voting. And you've got it through the whole county. Um, and for the county to be, for the county commissioners as a majority to be tone deaf to that, and now we're coming into Johns Creek, I'm hoping folks are, you know, paying attention to these discussions and recognizing, you know, there's a whole debate about the, um, the 3.87 being the legal definition of a rollback. And so if you say that the billings are still going to be higher, substantially higher, 6%, that that's not a rollback, well, you know, I think that to me, following the law is just your your bare minimum. And from a moral perspective, we all know that rollback with a gross one over a million dollars in additional billings doesn't seem to jive. And so, I'm hopeful that the discussion will be open-minded, collaborative, and will arrive at a compromise. Well, in today's for. world. Our property taxes are effectively about one-third of what we pay overall for uh, the function of Johns Creek. Would that be correct? Just about, yeah. Yep. Okay, so... I think um, it's a little less than a third, third, yeah. So, if, so mm -hmm. if we go with a lower millage rate and lower than the rollback rate, for instance, and the revenues come in below based upon the tax digest, what was originally suggested, uh, the city of Johns Creek is still going to be okay because... To the best of my knowledge, all of the other categories seem to come in 
higher year over year, the lost tax, the optional 1% sales tax, and other revenues tend to come in higher than what we uh, forecast um, through the budget. At least it's been my experience or what I've seen in the budget uh, review that I've looked at. Yes, I would agree. And there is, um, on top of the required reserves that have been separated to cover cash collections, there's also um, a good several to $5 million in excess reserves that if necessary, if we were in a financial issue, could be used. And so, you know, the question is, you know, the hard part about the millage rate, right, is that, so we budget. So let's take a look at last year. The budgeting, the, the city is on a off calendar year. So the city's tax year, budget year, is October 1st. So this last one, 17 to, to September 30, 18. The millage rate we're voting on today, or will be on Monday, is 418. So if you think through that process, the city has uh, will have, they will have spent or committed um, 10 and a half months worth of expenditures for that before we've solidified the millage rate for 18. So in essence, the money's been spent. But we also know what hasn't been spent, what's left over, what could be um, not addressed in 18. So when you're setting your millage rate right now, we are going back and looking at what was already spent, but you're also using that as your basis to budget for next year. So it's critical in looking at this number, not only for the current year, but for the future year, because when you're setting next year's, if you've already spent the money and you've spent it at a higher rate, then of course the solution is going to be, well, we can't roll it back because we've already spent it. And so if we actually looked at the millage rate from a true functional forecasting perspective and looked at expenditures and said, you know, being able to do more with less, like we all have to do on our budgeting, recognizing the um, the changes and ebbs and flows in the economics today, it would make sense to not maximize the dollar, but to minimize it because we've already spent the money. So let's be a little fiscally conservative like we would at home and realistically look at what did we spend? What didn't we spend? How are the revenues or tax collections coming in from the other sources, um, you know, and really look to the residents and saying, gosh, you're footing every one of these bills ultimately. So it sure would be nice if we could give you some of your money back because you know how to better spend it. So it, well, and then it tackles the, the – Go ahead. Well, I just know that the city um, is, is pretty much guaranteed revenues coming in uh, going forward regardless of – so some smaller fluctuations in the amount of the revenue generated from property taxes, for instance, because each and every year, I mean, the tax dollars are going to come in. I mean, there's not as much fear as if somebody was working and then lost their job and had no money to go forward. I mean, the city is going to have a revenue stream. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, are there room, is there a lot of room for us to cut some of the expenditures? Have we really, I know you've been there for a couple of years, have we really had an opportunity to dive into our expenses and look at them and make some serious cuts? I know that we have not put, uh, in, for the most part, contracts out for rebid. We still uh, are using CH2M Hill, for instance, and we have been reluctant to put that out for bid, as well as some other city functions. Uh, I personally don't believe that we will be able to tell the voters that we have worked hard and cut all the excess from our budget until we have put everything out to, to bid once again, but 
Um, you, you have a better view of that than I do. Um, you know, there are efforts by individuals to dig in and to ask questions, but in my experience, you know, in order to see issues actually move forward, you need to have four votes. And there have not been, outside of that first year when um, it was uh, Councilman Gray, Councilman Sprowski, and Councilman Broadbent that all supported, and me, supported um, a rollback of the millage rate for a million dollars. That was the first rollback the city had ever had. And we uh, cut out an additional million dollars in spending. Some were coming out of salaries and benefits, capping the merit to um, to a low CPI number, and then um, looking at some other projects and some other expenses. The following year, now the millage rate wasn't raised, but the um, the digest, we had the whole issue with the digest last year, but all the expense work that was done was reversed. So um, as many times as, you know, there's a lot of work that can be done to look at expenditures, to look at costs without it being a political discussion, because you're truly interested in maximizing your dollar. You can look at the fair market value. Like when, I, when we talk about public works contracts and we're looking at services, you know, really looking and understanding what the private sector and fair market value is being paid versus what we're being paid and analyzing that and coming to real decisions about how that should work and what should it look like and are we overspending. Um, same with other contracts, going back out and looking, you know, with, with the contract that we put out to bid, we didn't want to get competitive bids as a, as a majority of council. They wanted continuity. And so um, I think we're, in my opinion, finding some shortfalls in services. But I think that in the end, um, there's some new leadership there. And I, I think that's going to help tremendously in looking at um, the process and maximizing that. But we're still dealing with um, – like the right-of-way contract, you know, that there are going to be other contracts like that where prior councils never really looked at what they were contracting for, and so you have what you have. And right now the residents are paying prime rates to deal with the maintenance of the um, medians and the right-of-ways because we've already met the quantities that were established and the quality and the quantities and the quality that were established in the contracts, so and now you're doing it on a per ticket basis, and that's a premium rate. And so the residents are definitely paying more than they should for these services to keep the quality because prior councils didn't look at that contract. And now it's now it's going to become a political discussion because we have to open up that contract, have open discussions, and it's hard for council to truly define. We're not really landscapers, right? We're all not landscapers, but staff's looking to us to define what services we want. And and then we're going to have to, as a body, look in to make sure, did we get what we thought we were going to get? And so there are plenty of contracts out there that are just like that, that as a body, we need to be focused on that. And, um, you know, to date, those haven't, those haven't been the defined priorities. Well, I have to be honest with you, watching the Fulton County commissioners as they were debating the millage rate and watching the guidance that some of the commissioners were taking from um, the city manager, as well as the city finance lady who was speaking, I recognized how little knowledge that some of the four that voted for the millage rate uh, to be set at a higher level than advertised did not really understand about the process. But, you know, in the bottom line, it didn't matter, right? They took the yep. advice of some folks and they 
They knew they wanted to generate an additional $20 million for uh, stockpiling for future expenses, and, and they did so. But, you know, it, I, I think that's a very big point you make there is that as city council members, you cannot be experts on everything from landscaping to paving to uh, name any, you know, park maintenance, for instance. And therefore, you rely upon city staff to help you make the best decisions possible on that info, you know, on those decisions. And there's a lot of trust involved there. And I, I'm not sure how you cut through when uh, more information is needed and, and when you decide that, you know, that answer from the city staff is good enough. How do you do that? You know, well, for me, I don't, it's not that I don't trust staff. It's not really, you know, it's not relevant to the job that I believe I was elected to do. And that is, to represent the residents' interests. And you maybe voted for me, maybe you didn't, but I look at the job of of the representative to educate themselves, to fulfill a fiduciary responsibility, to be as educated as they can, to ask questions and then to come to a conclusion. And if I don't feel like I have the right answers or haven't been given enough data or the data doesn't make sense, then, then I can't support it. And so for me, I spend a tremendous amount of time on the agenda material, um, educating myself on what's been presented. If questions are relevant that need to be asked ahead of time, I will ask them. You know, in many cases, like today, today's Wednesday, agendas for Monday are supposed to come out today after 6 p.m. to us. We get a pre-look Wednesday, Thursday, and then they, they're published for the public on Friday. Well, from my perspective on a Wednesday night, and I work full-time, if the earliest I'm given the information is Wednesday night, typically the earliest I have available to look at it's going to be Friday just because my work week is already planned and there are times when the agendas aren't available. So I try to work through it as much as I can. So most of my research and education is going to happen over the weekend. I, I have the – I've been participating and following these council meetings for over 10 years. So there are a lot of things I already understand and have been researching for a while. But ultimately, you know, I'm spending – 10, 12, 14 hours before the meeting studying information. If I have pre-information, I've spent more time. Um, and then I go to the council meetings, and I believe that even if I've gotten a lot of my questions answered and they're relevant to the topic, they should be asked publicly because the residents don't know what's transpired. Plus, I think the questions that I ask could spark questions from the expertise of other council members because to have seven people with such diverse um, backgrounds in business, in education, um, philosophy, I think that that's good dialogue. And so some of those questions at times spark other questions from council members that then direct the topic down a different path. And so um, the best that I can do is to research it. I have some conversations with staff, but most of the information is there, and you can educate yourself. It's not staff's responsibility to educate me. They presented their case. And then having that dialogue and then coming to a conclusion. And typically, you should have at least that work session. And if there are more questions, it'll come back to a work session. Otherwise, it'll come to a council meeting in two weeks. And if there's more to be discussed, hopefully the the council will allow that. Otherwise, it goes to a vote, and it's either yes or no. So, But it's very time-consuming but worth it because there have been many things I personally have found that have changed the dialogue, the, the – um, the suggestion from staff, their recommendations, and same with other council members. And so 
that ex- exploration is critical to getting this done. And I, I would say I watched that county commission meeting as well as it was happening. And the biggest issue I noted was that many of these folks were doing their research as they were sitting there on the dais because some of the questions they were asking were not questions that you would you would have a basis of understanding. And to watch how that meeting went and to watch some of those questions, um, I was a little disappointed, I guess, is what I would say. And to see the conclusion well, of where it was, I mean – I hope that our council members maybe can look at that and see how we do not want to appear in the eyes of the public, because I saw a great shortcoming in um, uh, the type of performance that I want to see from my representatives. And unfortunately, Fulton County's structured differently than we are. In Johns Creek, in Johns Creek, every elected official represents all of us. In Fulton County, I believe uh, uh, Pitts and uh, us, in our case, Liz Hausman represents us but the other five do not directly represent us. And so it's a bit of a different scenario. Um, is that, that's true, right? Yes, that's true. Okay, yeah. very good. Well, we have just about one minute left here. I know time goes by quickly. So I have a couple of questions to you from listeners. Uh, one, one, one question was, is there a possibility that we see another park bond in the near future? Another park bond? Um, yes. Would we I mean, I think, would we see another park bond in order to generate more money to finish up some of these parks and uh, with the park prices uh, going up on, say, the pocket parks? Um, I guess it's a possibility. I sure would like for us to spend the money because it's a 20-year bond. And so, um, and the reason that the council elected to go for the dollar amount that it went for is because the research showed that um, any more than 40 million would not have been supported. That's kind of the background for the 40. I think if the council really focuses in on and holds accountable, the park development as defined is clear on what materials and, um, and activities are going to happen on there. I still think we can deliver what was promised. It's just the council really has to focus in on the cost, the materials and um, the park designs and be very serious and deliberate about what we need, what we can afford, okay, and we what got, we can we have going forward. We're out oh. of time. So that's my okay. fault. I started program just a couple of seconds early. Oh, 